outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast. And we're here at Vanessa House Beer Company on Broadway and 8th. A lovely, lovely view of all the downtown businesses here in Automobile Alley in Oklahoma City. Beers, beers, and more beers to your heart's content. You know, and always drink responsibly. Don't be a fool. Don't be an idiot. And the listeners of this podcast are very wise people. They're very... Uh, handsome and beautiful, uh, wealthy, I would imagine, you know, li- probably listening on their yachts as we speak uh, because the sun is beating down upon my face. But we are going to soldier on here at Vanessa House. Uh, Brady Dratham here with Keegan Reniao. Or, uh, I mean, you, as you revealed yesterday on the Patreon page at Through the Keyhole, which you can always subscribe to. We got a new patron today, Keegan, so that's cool. Cool. But, yeah, you t- um you revealed yesterday that you were uh, your family has origins in uh, being LSU fans, apparently, with the X at the end of your name. They do. Yes, I very much have had, it was like second or third generation coming over. My other part of my family's from Ireland. Could you believe that? No, the red hair doesn't give it away at all. No. Little little leprechaun. Do you consider yourself a redhead? Because it's very... I consider... From, from afar, it doesn't look red. But when the light, like, because you are, your back is to the sun. I'm facing it because I'm a gentleman. Uh, when the light tickles your hair, it looks pretty rojo. So my hair is, like, dirty blonde, and then my beard and my facial hair is red. I can only imagine where we can go from there. <laughs> we keep going south. I mean, that's the direction I was heading. Oh, no. Um, What's your belly button hair like? Black. Are you an any or an Audi? Any, anybody, anybody else have any more questions? Shout out to Davis Dungleberger, a listener of the podcast and a patron as well. He showed up. Davis, uh, say something about your OU fandom. Go. Boomer Sooner all day. There you go. See, that wasn't very hard. Now, thank you, Davis. Thank you for coming. Uh, sorry <laughs> that you're 20, but you're, uh, what, less than a month away from being 21? Then you can really enjoy Vanessa House and hell. Um, you can have some of these old. Uh, what do, I don't have a Vegas wedding. That's no, a, a destination, destination wedding. wedding. Yeah, huh? Vegas wedding will be making its triumphant return in about a month or so. Uh, commercial free pilsner is coming back on Friday though, which would be tomorrow. Which hopefully is tomorrow still. If you listen to this podcast right when it drops, but I have been known to forget to hit save when I upload the damn thing. So that would be my bad. But hopefully. Uh, if you're listening now, tomorrow at Vanessa House, the 107.7 The Franchise Commercial Free Pilsner will be dropping, making its return to the tap room and all over Oklahoma City. So, again, if you're if you're like a lot of beer drinkers that are just, uh, oh, I just do Bud Light, Miller, Miller Light, Coors Light, I don't really want anything fancy, I get that. I used to be like that, too. Uh, the commercial free pilsner is basically the way to go. If that if that's the way you feel, but you still want to come check out Vanessa House, check uh, try the pilsner, commercial free. You will definitely definitely enjoy the damn thing. But Keegan, before we get into OU stuff, um, I'm going to pat myself on the back once again. Uh, I, I've I've been on a very good streak recently of patting myself on the back. Uh, Trey Young has made me feel all the more vindicated now that he's three games away from a finals appearance. Uh, suck on that, Giannis. The other thing, 
So when it was very apparent last year that we were actually going to have a college football season with a lot of different kind of weird things going on, especially when it concerns recruiting, and you saw that, well, you can't have kids on campus for, um, in terms of official visits. They but what can- about the Sooner Summit, Brady? Yeah, well, uh, apparently uh, Lincoln didn't know anything about it. You know, it's like, what? Well, huh? Huh? Caleb, Caleb was, was at, he was at Price Hall touring the play. Oh, I d- didn't know. Gosh, I damn wish, it. I we wish, left the gates open. I wish someone would have told me. How'd they get on the field? You know the the regular students that day were like, oh my God, the, the gates are open. I, I remember when my older brother or sister would tell me that they used to be able to just walk through the stadium on a random, like any day to get around the, campus. Yeah, the younger pop isn't going to know about all that. Yeah, that was one of the better memories that I have of just walking, you know, the two miles from my car because OU, the king of creating parking lots, yet you can still never park despite the $200 parking pass you have to buy and look aspiring OU students guess what you don't have to buy a parking ticket just just don't buy oh, it don't buy a parking pass parking pass excuse there me. we go you don't have to buy a parking pass I hope they're not buying parking tickets don't waste your money if you get a ticket just take it to the ticket office and say oh I just parked it there for a few seconds they're like okay we'll waive it there you go to the aspiring OU students and to anyone in the administration that's uh, currently at OU listening to this podcast uh, everything I say is BS anyway so you, you don't come for me f- for facts. You come to Keegan for that, for his red belly hair. Yes. And, you know, someone asked me this week, like, if you can't say where something's coming from, then don't say something at all, you know? Sure. I mean, I mean all I was just going to say is I just make everything up. just sticks. I make everything up as I go along. That's how we do. We that's why we do our stuff. Yes. That's, how we, that's what we do. But, get Brady, Keegan, why are you talking about the gates being open? Why are you talking about the Sooner Summit? <laughs> oh, that's just because I think on this podcast, definitely on Through the Keyhole on the Patreon page, uh, last year we talked about how, or at least I brought up the uh, conspiracy theory that, Keegan, if you follow college football for a, wa- a long time, and especially if you go back in time and kind of read some old recruiting stories, like dirty recruiting has always been a, the name of the game. Uh, paying players, doing more than paying players, you know, like you know, bringing prostitutes into the situation, you know, stuff like that where it gets a little over the line, to say the least. That's always been kind of a thing. So when it was apparent that we were going to have a season last year during a pandemic with a lot of di- different rules in terms of recruiting, I think I told you, like, please tell me that it's out of the realm of possibility that a coach is just going to bring kids onto campus officially and try to do it under wraps. Like to me, that's I believe I said pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, shout out to Arizona State. You made me. Uh, <laughs> you made me a profit on the whole thing. So uh, uh, I'll say this: people are like, you read the whole thing. I read a little bit of it. Okay. I, I just it, it's you know it's just a story that I've read over the years, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. <laughs> um, secondary mid tier school doesn't know how to cheat properly. You know, so stop the presses. And people are like dogging Herm Edwards. Guys, I don't know how much he was involved with that. I, I like that's an administrative thing. That's a booster thing. That's an assistant coach thing. That's a position. It's a player thing. of a parent thing. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. It's <laughs> I, I I don't know. <laughs> it's just funny, and it, it's a little bit of a shame considering that Arizona State was kind of this trendy little like you, yeah. you've been all over them, and um, I've certainly like really grown to respect what Herm Edwards has been able to do down there. 
and thought, hey, they could be the thor- a thorn in the side of the Pac-12 and kind of maybe help out OU if there's a situation like there always is where well, Oregon or USC needs to lose this game so he can jump back into the top four, and then boom, Arizona State beats them on some random Thursday where no one's watching, and uh, it's all the better for OU. So let's lay this out. We knew that there was a story in Tempe over the last couple weeks. We knew it pertained to visits on campus. There was a dossier that someone had collected and put together and had hand-delivered themselves to the NCAA, I believe. Um, Pete Thamel with Yahoo Sports is the one reporting this. Through the list of things that came out in today's article, that came out at 2 in the morning, by the way. I read this first thing when it came out late last night. So we have the mom of Jaden Daniels, Brady, who with here with us right now, no. madam. No, oh, okay. not not with us right now. No, that's Davis. Um, that is Davis, Dunkle Burger. Great, great guy. Got a haircut from me one time. Anyways, um, from, I, from you specifically? No. Oh, okay. No. We are in a gig economy. We are. We are capitalists at heart too. Anyways, I uh, Jaden Daniels' mom basically, but. A group of three players from 2022 class from Florida plane tickets to visit uh, Tempe. Used a credit card. The credit card was in the receipts that were used were sent in a group chat or an email chain. <laughs> so you break the could it been a, it, Here's how it could have been more blatant. They would have just paid for it on Venmo and said, official recruiting trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Psst, don't tell anybody. Yes. Oh, what I think is so funny, what was so great about this is that you come out and Tham uh, on Yahoo had reached out to the Arizona State defensive coordinator and I believe defensive backs coach and for comment because they had been listed in the dossier that they had read. And Pete Tham on Yahoo have read every inch of the dossier, according to them. So, reached out to the position coaches whose screenshots of connecting with these recruits with these receipts and this payments and air flights and or flights and airplanes and this and that, right? Both coaches deny any wrongdoing. They've never paid nor have will have paid to help recruit. Brady, we have a credit card that was compromised and didn't actually paid for flights that went from Florida to Tempe. That never happened. Straight cash, homie. Just listen to Randy Moss. And we put them all in a receipt on email! Yep. Oh my god! Like, there's something like the outside common person that they went to go coach in in college football, Brady. Like, there's certain things that you are already aware of doing and not doing. Like, use cash, don't have receipts. Like, that is the... I mean... You break it down to it. If you want to be successful in recruiting, use cash. Don't have receipts. We know this. Yeah, Buki got how much? Fifty-five grand. <laughs> like it, it was in a suitcase too, like in the movies. <laughs> Anybody that? That's, <laughs> I'm, la- I'm laughing as I, you, I, as I, everybody I, can tell. And I, I'm just kidding too, yes. because if you saw Buki play, he wasn't worth a nickel. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Certainly wasn't worth that kind of investment. I'm just kidding. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I've drank nothing but water today, but I'm just feeling kind of funny. I'm only through my, not even through my first destination wedding tonight. I just, I just say things, but everybody. Don't you worry know, about it. But, you know, I can't get enough of this story, man. I, like, I've read it I've read it twice now, and it's just is so fascinating that they just didn't care. Like, 
like it would be it would it would be if Oklahoma State was bringing in players from Texas from Houston and like trying to sneak them in Stillwater like that's ever going to happen no no you know better Herm what are you doing and that's the thing too like you're right I, I, I would say like is Herm Edwards probably aware like he was listed as like walking a kid around the facility though so he was aware of what was going on did he probably know to the extent? No, most of the coaches don't. Um, to the extent that some of their position position coaches and donors will go to cheat, but <laughs> I mean receipts and emails. Well, look from from a realistic standpoint with a school like Arizona State. Here's the sad part, um, and as somebody who does not care about the little man when it comes to sports, because sports should be a meritocracy. It should just be like if. You know, if you're not good, then be better. Well, the only way that a school like Arizona State can, quote, get better is by cheating like this. And, I I mean, it's not like, oh, schools like Oklahoma and Alabama, because they've been good for so long and because they've cheated for so long in terms of paying players to come here. Allegedly. I mean, it's it's a fact. Okay. It's a fact. Not not necessarily, you know. Allegedly, in terms of like very recently, but in terms of like in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah, it, we know this by now. Like we know that pe- players were paid all over the place. Um, but it's not a, it's not just because like schools like OU and Alabama they've been good for so long. Well, that's why they know how to cheat properly because they've been doing it for so long. I mean, schools schools cheat all the time and they ne- rarely get results from it. So it's not the case of Arizona State just suddenly decided we've got Herm Edwards, we've got something going here. So now it's cheat, and they have no experience of cheating prior to that. They're very novice about it. You think Todd Grantham cheated out there? Oh hell yes! Yeah, I bet. How many how many dream jobs did he have? A lot. Pittsburgh was his dream job. Then Arizona State. I'm assuming Tulsa was. And Tulsa was his best gig. Yeah, (laughs) no no doubt. Um, Was he the coach that beat Notre Dame in South Bend? Or was that Cragthorpe? Uh, Oh, I don't think I don't think Cragthorpe had already Cragthorpe already gone to Tulsa and didn't do well. I think. <sighs> Talk. I'm gonna look that up. It's gonna. You, oh no, you're good. I I look at this situation. Like, look at the last two schools that have are gonna be used from the NCAA as examples, right? You have Ole Miss, where you have Laquan Treadwell, the number one recruit in the country, post a picture on Instagram. Hey, this is actually pre me. You would remember this better than I do. Um, Laquan Treadwell posting a picture on Instagram with like, yeah, a stack of cash on a hotel room bed. Ole Miss. Well, I mean, you remember our good friend Dee Westbrook, literally hours after his last game as a Sooner at the Sugar Bowl. Remember what his Instagram live post thing was? Uh Uh-uh. It was his hotel room, presumably still in New Orleans, because it was literally hours after the Sugar Bowl. And there are hundreds of $100 bills in in wads just, like, laid out all over the place. Now, like, look, he could have very well... Like, yeah, Joe Burrow didn't have to give any money back that OBJ gave him. Yeah. <laughs> it, oh, it was Todd Graham. It was, it was Todd, Todd, Gra- Todd, Todd Graham. Beat Todd Graham. Not Gr- Grantham. Not Grantham. Grantham. Grantham's the uh, defensive coordinator at uh, Florida. Yeah, correct? Todd Graham. Is, like, Grantham rhymes with my last we name. We should totally so do him. a pardon the interruption, like, errors. Like, have that... Have, like, a weird voice come in yeah. and they, be like, you fucked up. Well, not that you have a weird voice, Davis, but do you want to? Not Davis. You just want to do that? Be that guy. I'll pay you fifty cents an hour, (laughs) 
Yeah, we do it big here. That at the sounds, inside, <laughs> do it big here at the Inside of You podcast. <laughs> no, I'll pay you in Brahms bags. Shout out RDS. Yeah, no, that's been a great beam. Um, <laughs> I've uh, no, I look at this again. I just keep going back and like looking at the schools that are getting in trouble for cheating right now. Like how Georgia hasn't gotten caught, based off some things that you and I both know, <laughs> is amazing. Um, how really anything like like how Arizona's you got caught for bringing in unofficial visitors too like isn't that like the basics of basic so I think this is like past the statute of limitations if I talk about Marvin Wilson right sure he's in the NFL at this point I mean that's what him and his whole camp was doing during his whole recruitment he didn't take a single visit I would almost guarantee he didn't take a single visit on his dime no I don't think so, and that's why, uh, I mean, he was at the Ohio State game in Norman, wasn't he? That was an official. He did take an unofficial that summer. <sighs> but, yeah, I mean, like. He made the right choice, I'd say. He did. He went to Florida State <laughs> and got paid a shit ton of money and got some nice shoes. Well, I mean, speaking of, you know what uh, Steve, Spurrier, Steve Spurrier used to call Florida State? I don't, what would he used to call him? Free Shoes University. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, <sighs> you know, at least Jimbo in Tallahassee didn't drop to the point of hiring or uh, creating a church thing for a family. To Jimbo do. needs needed to just like obviously he's doing well at Texas A and M, but Jimbo he, kill he, Gundy he, meet in a back in a back backyard. What happens? Kel Gundy whoops his candy ass. Oh, I bet they'd get after it. Yeah, Kale's a dog, man. Don't screw with him. You got Adrian Peterson. You know, it is fascinating. And I not not bought and paid for. Alleg- a D fell in love when OU beat Texas sixty-five to thirteen. That's very well documented. Considering as, what as those kinds of players are going for these days, Brady. What do you think? Like the scale? I mean, talk about like like you know damn well Arizona State wasn't just bringing these kids in. Have you seen the recruiting class? I know you haven't gotten that far into this. Have you seen what the recruiting classes have looked like the last couple of years? Florida State's? Well, no, they're no, not Florida. Arizona State. Arizona State's. Well, their BCR was like what in the 30s or 40s? Climbed into the upper 30s. Yeah, yeah. yeah they uh, they signed like three or four top 50 players the last couple. Which cycles. schools like Arizona State? Like they, they should sh- be able to do that. They should be able to do that, and they should every once in a while have like one or two X factor guys that kind of put them over the top. So kind of similar to what OU was in 2016-17, where their BCR is not where you would think a place like OU should be, mainly because of the defense. But they have Baker Mayfield, and that kind of just puts it over the top and balances that out. Arizona State should be able to do stuff like that fairly consistently. I mean, the state of Arizona, and this is the sidebar to this, right? Like, both school programs, both state schools in Arizona suck now, like are going to. Like, okay, uh, sorry, before we move before we move in that direction. Um, what do you think Arizona State gets here? Are they going to get the kitchen sink thrown at them for this? They kind of have to, right? Well, I think... If there's no pandemic, they probably get a slap on the wrist. Sure. But because... Probably is not even reported. But because there was a pandemic and because this became like a public health concern, uh, that's where it can get a little bit into uncharted territory of, oh, you guys really screwed up. Now, it's going to be very inherent on Arizona State to cooperate because that's the other thing here is if you get caught... It's in your best interest to basically help the NCAA out, help their job out. Unless you're Oklahoma State basketball. Unless you're Oklahoma State basketball. Um, but, I mean, why did USC get the kitchen sink thrown at them in terms of, like, com- like recent modern history? Sure. Uh, it's because they just told the NCAA to F off. And more power to you. 
And yeah, sure, there's nothing wrong with paying Reggie Bush to live in a big house. Like, there are worse crimes that be, can be committed on Earth. Uh, but when you don't help out the NCAA, they get mad, and then they take away bowls, they take away scholarships, and then you become what USC has been the last decade. So Arizona State needs to help out. When OU got caught with the Bomar stuff, they bent over backwards to help the NCAA out, and they initially got a fairly harsh punishment in terms of wins vacated. And then because OU helped out the NCAA, I think that went a long way in a year later when Joe and David Boren – kept asking the NCAA, hey, can you please give us those wins back because those there were other players involved that didn't do anything wrong. The NCAA is like, okay, sure. Yeah, and that was like the USC, 05 season. Yeah, USC's win against OU in the Orange Bowl, which we all know happened, um, that is still technically vacated. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would imagine USC is probably asked the NCAA, can you please give us that back officially? Can you please let Reggie Bush have his Heisman they back They could have officially? probably had Ronald Jones that game and it might have been fine. Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh. <laughs> no more Orange Bowl talk. Man. Anyways. <laughs> uh, I, I look at this, man, and I say, Ole Miss is back kind of now, right? Like, they kind of never really went away, way, even after they got in trouble with uh, Hugh Freeze at the helm down there. And Ole Miss, I just don't like – because it's a – it's an outsider. Like, if Herm Edwards has been, like, a lifer in college football, like, kind of like, this sounds horrible because of all the issues that LSU's having, but, like, Ed O's not having the kitchen sink thrown at him for anything, you know? I mean, he should. Well, right, I agree with you, but he's not. And, like, Herm Edwards being an outsider, like, and everybody kind of being an outsider down there to to the world, <laughs> this is where I mentioned Jamar Kane coach Arizona State for a year. But we'll leave that alone. Um, he's, he's a good man. He is now. Mm-hmm. He's been turned to good. Would never do such a thing at Norman. He's seen the light. He got Clayton Smith to commit in six months. I'm looking directly into the light right now. <laughs> <laughs> this Since sure? Arizona State's an outsider and Herm Edwards is an outsider, I think they're going to just throw the kitchen sink at them. He's going to get a show cause and... It's, it's not going to be pretty, but him getting a show cause doesn't mean that he has to get fired from Arizona State either. Like, that just means he can't take another job after that. So, he could get fired for cause, and then, then he has a show cause on his record. But if Arizona State thinks that if they're just going to get rid of this Antonio Pierce guy who seems like one of the biggest douchebags in college football, um, running coaches off that wouldn't comply with his cheating and the way he wanted to do things, um, if they run him off and keep Herm Brady, I wouldn't be shocked, but... Herm has got it. I mean, he hosts. He was pictured with a recruit in his own facility during the dead. It's Photoshop, man. Yeah. I've never seen that kid in my life. I mean, it's Photoshop. God, they are so stupid. Again, like you. Ha- there's a couple things. For one, okay, you know this. For another school to chirp on another school, it takes a lot. I mean, it takes a lot, right? Because you don't want to tell on each other because everybody's bending the rules. Yeah. Um, for your own coaching staff to throw you under the bus, it has to be a shit show. Shite. I, I mean, unreal. Like, and it's so fascinating. And there's so many, like, layers to it, right? Because think about this. I mean, there's two guys that Arizona State signed last year. And I don't think, I don't know if you saw me say this anymore, Davis, but, like, Tommy Hill, the DB from Florida, and Jaden Williams, the linebacker from uh, Dallas, that they got, 
I mean, I think those guys can play at Oklahoma right now. Like, they're that good. Like, how much does that come into play for Oklahoma? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know, and you know this about me. Like, I don't know the recruiting hot board as well as I used to, right? Or, like, you know, who's a priority? Like, who's this or who's that? But I look at the secondary right now, and, like, you have the gentry thing with USC Brady. You have, you know, kind of unclear on a couple couple other areas. I mean, why would you not go all in for another DB that you've recruited, you finished second or third for, probably would have landed if you made him priority, um, and Tommy Hill. Like, there's a lot of things that could come out of this in a positive light for Oklahoma. Like, if they need anybody from the portal, if you don't feel confident in what always, you have on the trail. Always be recruiting, man. Always be recruiting. Um before we get into that, I had a weird scenario pop in my head. I just want to gauge how realistic this could be. And it's mainly just because I think Herm Edwards is a good coach. Uh, he surprised me fair, uh, quite a bit considering, you know, older coach who'd coached the NFL for a long time, had been out of the game for quite a while, mm-hmm. and then just pops back at Arizona State, and it's like, okay, he can still do it. Um, if he comes off this relatively unscathed, what – how realistic is it that uh, Mike Gundy coaches one more year and then OSU goes after Herm Edwards? <laughs> I like it. Um, I think it'd be tough. Like Oklahoma State is one of those weird schools that are probably out of the picture because of what's his faith with Sports Illustrated a couple years ago. Like he's like they're probably not going to hire a coach that has compliance issues. I would assume. Yep. Um. So you know, I I would say. A chance Herm's back in college football with how good they were doing, probably pretty good. I don't. I just don't see him wanting to make the leap back to the NFL because he's probably not good enough to do well, that. Well, why? Why would you be out of the game for so like quite a while and then go back to college like to use that as a springboard to the NFL? It's like no, the NFL already knows how good or bad you are. Mm-hmm. And Herm had a lot of success when he was a head coach in the NFL, so. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to do what he kind of said at his initial press conference of, like, I'm just kind of in the zone where I want to help out younger men, like young men be, or young kids become men. Mm-hmm. And that could have been very genuine. He also so. spoke a lot about integrity at his opening press conference. I don't know if you saw those quotes. Sure. I, what it, doesn't Ed O talk about that crap, too? Now, like, <laughs> LSU is just a deplorable mm-hmm. pit of sexual assault. Deplorable. I mean, not even. It's bad. But do you um, hear anything about it? No, because ESPN Sacred Cow doesn't. You know, like no, 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 look, no, look at look elsewhere. Don't don't care about that. And Mickey yeah. Mouse is like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if Herm would get a job at a place that has compliance issues. But like, Hugh Freeze ended up at Liberty, and they're freaking good now. You know, so like, isn't that an insurance company? Yeah, something like that. Liberty Mutual, something. Isn't isn't there like a ringing commer- like the feeling is mutual? That's what Liberty's like. That's what their like motto should be. <laughs> oh man! This time it's personal. I just I can't get enough of this story. I've been laughing at it all day. It's it's incredible. Like you you wouldn't even cheat that bad. Like you know the rules. Everybody knows the rules. I used to cheat all the time when I played football. Yeah, like NCAA football, you like he wouldn't even be able to get away with it on there. Probably, I don't know, but I keep forgetting that NCAA is coming back next summer. I'm gonna miss that one. You're not a, you're not a video game guy, so that makes sense. No, I mean I I 
I played Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past on one of the arcade games here at Vanessa like for an hour. That's, <laughs> that's just an old game. Like I don't really play new games anymore because I'm just not cool, Keegan. I'm not cool like you. Yeah, I do play a little bit of Call of Duty. Call Call, Call, Call of Duty. So you're a vet? Is that is that what that you're is, saying? That is. That's exactly what I'm saying. War is hell, man. It is. That game is hell. Let me tell you. Especially when you're getting beat by like some 13 year old from South Korea. Yeah, and they're just telling you <laughs> how your much your how much your family sucks and. <laughs> And you're like, my family doesn't suck. Go to hell. And We used to have an X in our last name. Today's episode is brought to you by Christie's Toy Box, an Oklahoma City tradition since 1979. With over 15 store locations spread all over Oklahoma and even in North Texas and Missouri, Christie's Toy Box has you covered like a Jimmy hat for all your toy desires of the adult nature. It's 2021. Come on in sometime. Their website has been revamped to match the sleek and sexy style one would assume from Christie's Toy Box. It's easy to use and lends itself well to any mobile device, so you don't have to get in trouble at work and use your computer. The shopping experience is amazing, and the only thing that will bite are these nipple clamps. Type in promo code OUPOD for 25% off everything in your shopping cart. Once again, that's capital O, capital U, capital P-O-D for 25% off whatever you want to spice up your love life or your private reflection period. It's also a fun place to take your mind off things if your favorite team has one inexplicable loss a season. Gee, I wonder who that could mean. One more time, enter promo code OUPOD for 25% off online purchases. Christie's Toy Box, where the fun begins. Is Gavin Sawchuck, friend. come on down. And, and you're like, no, nah, he sucks, bro. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, th- you did. You looked me straight in the eye, and you're like, I don't know why people were excited about this cat. Like, uh-uh. I, I, to be fair, since we're doing this, I said I sent Brady, and I said, eh, eh. And the reason being, and Brady knows this about me. You just don't like when other people are happy. Like, that's that's what it is. That is part of it. I am a miserable human. <laughs> I've I've accepted that. No, I think the like the biggest thing is is like what you see right now. And you know this about me in terms of high school like evaluations, right? Like what you see right now is not what I think the final picture is going to look like. Um, he looks like a four six forty runner, and then he runs one of the eleventh fastest sixty meter indoor dash times as a sophomore in track. You so know? he he's not what that football-wise, what that sounds like, what you're trying to say is he's not very agile, he's not fast in a phone booth, but you get him in the open field, he could probably run away from people. So he, that that sounds like Kennedy Brooks. Like, he, Kennedy Brooks can't make a lot of people miss, like, between the tackles in, in the box, but if you get him into the second level and there's just one guy that he has an angle on, he can make a cut and then run away from people. Yeah, he just doesn't, like, the, the track speed doesn't show up in the tape. And you want those two things to be mutually exclusive. He is running at elevation. He he is doing that. <laughs> a little bit drier air up there. Yeah. <gasps> um, you know he like I said this to you like he's to me he's a very like good middle ground between like a TJ Pledger that like I think he has the home run ability that TJ Pledger didn't have right. And I. Th- I like TJ Pledger as a second, third down back. And I think he has like the understanding of running style like Kennedy Brooks. Like understanding when yep. time the timing of blocks, like knowing when he has to get to a to an angle, um, using the proper, you know, stiff arm or, you know, sidestep to get away from a guy. He's a again, I said this to you, like Oklahoma's doing a really good job the last two classes. Like, does in my opinion, does Gavin Sawchuk like have this huge NFL like ceiling? Probably not. Um, but is he a really f- good football player? He is. Yeah. Really good. I mean, his 
his floor, and I, I know a lot of people hate those kind these kinds of conversations. His floor is so high that like his output at Oklahoma means that he's going to be a contributor in some sort of fashion. And again, I'll remind you, he's at elevation, so like he is. Yes, when he, he comes down to sea level, what's that floor look like? That's the big question. It's but, so he's going to be in Broken Bow, not Norman, probably. Um, well, when you when you talk about Gavin Sachek, like Sachek, that while that all may be true, I've not watched that much tape on him. I've, mm-hmm. I've watched a few highlights, and like I saw some of the things that you mentioned after you had told me. I'm like, okay, I, I don't see a lot of that breakaway speed just yet. Who knows why? You know, when you're just watching a highlight or two, uh, but when you frame it into the situation of he's going to be kind of like the workhorse back or like the yes. solid back, and then Relic Brown, if OU is able to hold on to him, which it, all signs are pointing to. At this point, yes. Tell him my man's home. Tell him he's home. Well, when you uh, have a sawchuck type running back along with a Relique Brown, a versatile kind of X factor, uh, similar to kind of situationally similar to Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray, like that to me is much more valuable than just the individual of each of them. Even though I'm very excited for Relique Brown, sure, he's one of the best recruits in the country for a reason. Um, but when you have both of those backs in the backfield at the same time, and we're going to see a lot of that hopefully this season with Kennedy and Eric Gray in the backfield in the same time, that's what's exciting to me. And OU's had a lot of success even before Lincoln Riley with two backs like that, DeMarco Murray, Chris Brown, uh, AD, Alan Patrick, uh, Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon. Uh, there have been, you know, you got two different types of backs. You can have a lot of success in the offense. You can, and like you said, I think that you hit the home run there and something you just said in terms of like, you can feel you can sleep a lot better at night knowing you have Gavin Sawchuck, right? Like you know what you're going to get out of a high character guy. Uh, we talked about this yesterday on the Patreon pod on through the keyhole um, for all you guys out there. But you know, we we mentioned the fact that like the interview he had with CBS Sports HQ, like that's such a big add on to what you're getting. Like he's a high character guy that is bought in, clearly bought in from day one. He's going to be bought into what Oklahoma's doing. So if he ends up only becoming, you know, a 4-5 runner instead of that mid-4-4 guy that his track numbers say that he is, like if he's only a, oh, I don't know, like if he's a better version of what Chris Brown and Brennan Clay and, and TJ Pledger and kind of that group, like if he's a better version of that, you feel a lot better about what you have, right? Because, like, you look at it in the last, really, two to three years, Brady, outside of the top running back, like, there's been there's been a little bit to be desired about. And now you have a guy that, for, like, Kennedy Brooks, for four years, you don't have to worry about. Yeah. You know, you know for three to four years what you're getting out of him. Yeah, and, and both things can exist. You can acknowledge that Kennedy Brooks is a good back. He is reliable, like you, like you mentioned. He doesn't fumble. He does a lot of things correct. That can exist along with, oh, God, I just wish OU had a better running back. Mm-hmm. Kenny Brooks is still good. I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's here. He's going to help make this team uh, be better. And if OU is able to win a national title this year, you know, Kennedy's going to be a big part of that. Um, so that goes without saying. Like The whole thought that I wish OU had a better running back has more to do with the fact that certain recruits have been lost because of a certain position coach, position coach who is uh, unemployed. Is he? I... I I don't know why. Is Jay Bowler unemployed? Davis is on the prowl think, for us. I think him and Texas like mutually parted ways. Yes, they did. You know, it's they kept Stan Drayton though, who's you know. So shout out Liberty. The feeling is mutual. Yes, absolutely. Um, like you said, Kennedy Brooks is a guy that 
you look at it and you say, man, if Oklahoma had a more dynamic running back. Davis confirmed unemployed. But he, he did like the throat slash, so is he dead? No, he's not dead. Not he's, dead. He's alive. Good, he, he good. Is. I don't want anyone to be dead. Jason McCullough may wish he was dead. Anyways, Why would you I, would, uh, I would say Kennedy Brooks, You have when you have a guy like that and you have a guy that you know each day that you, your running back position is going to be better for it, like whether Oklahoma had a more dynamic running back or not, if Kennedy Brooks was the number two since 2018, not at 1A or number one, like he's still providing a sense of relief for Oklahoma and Oklahoma fans in general that you don't have a running back coming in that, A, can't be productive, and, two, doesn't know what he's doing. Like, you've seen in anybody that's watched my Kennedy Brooks um, film review, I mean, you know that, like... It's just a whole bunch of, he's done nothing wrong! <laughs> literally, like, you can't, like, he does every play he's asked to, whether it's blocking, whether it's running. He's always in the right place at the right time. Um, he's always making the right block or the best block. Like... He, again, you have a guy like that, you could sleep a little bit better. Gavin Sawchuk is that. Can he be more, as I say, Brady, and as you guys give me a lot of shit for, Senior Tape's going to tell a lot about that. Mm, and people, as, as you know, I like to get the final touches before I make. If I'm unclear, I prefer to get to all the way to the senior year before I say anything. But I, I, like, I, like what, I like what they have in Sawchuk, and I like what they have, obviously, in Relique Brown. Um, two players that have an extremely high floor. Uh, Relic Brown ceilings a little, a little bit higher. A little bit higher. Um, but if Sawchuck can get there and he can show those, if those track times start showing up on the field, Brady, and those twenty, twenty-five runs start turning into sixty-yard touchdowns, seventy-yard touchdowns, and he's running by everybody, um, Oklahoma has them two running backs that could be very, very talented and very much NFL-like running backs. Oh boy. I know I kind of just kind of crapped on the whole recruiting game yesterday on Through the Keyhole. Yes. Relique Brown looked badass, and I know he uniformed. He did. <laughs> he looked badass. He did. I hope he keeps that number. Like, the number three is just uh, – I remember DeMarco Murray's true freshman year when he had, quote, turf toe, unquote. Yes. Uh, when AD was still on the team. And I- I've looked for this picture forever, and I can't find it, but it used to be, like, on Sooner Sports – and it was a like a spring practice photo or a fall practice photo of AD and DeMarco Murray standing next to each other on the sideline. And DeMarco still had his high school number. He was number three. Oh. And he changed it to number seven, and, uh, much to my dismay. But DeMarco with a number three would have looked awesome. I mean, number seven also looks cool because it kind of reminded me of Michael Thornton. Shout out. I don't know if he's ever been mentioned on an, on an OU podcast, but you just did. Uh, Relique Brown just looked awesome. So <laughs> that, that, that's my that's my take on that. But I wanted to segue to another name that's been gaining some steam for some opposite reasons. Uh, we've kind of talked about this here and there. And I'll be honest, I, I can't really remember if we talked about this on a podcast or if we just kind of talked about it off air. Gentry Williams uh, got some buzz going to USC. People are, of course, upset just from the standpoint of not necessarily losing a talented uh, in-state player to an out-of-state school, but of where he's from. And it's just been a problem for OU over the last 10 to 12 years of just in that area, like northeast part of the state, Tulsa area. Uh, Gentry Williams, of course, super talented, super awesome recruit, five-star. But my thing is, um, and uh, look, 
we've talked about this before as well. Like I would rather OU lose recruits to big schools than them like fight over three or four stars uh, with mid-tier schools because they just simply don't want that smoke or they don't want to get the negativity of losing a recruiting battle here and there. Um, so losing a recruit to USC, even though they've been bad and average for the last decade, you're still losing it to USC, losing a kid to USC. But the other thing, Keegan, if somebody just lives in Oklahoma and simply wants to go live in L.A. for four years or wants to go live in Miami for four years and that's their decision, that's one of the few instances where I'm like, okay, there's nothing OU could have done. There's nothing Lincoln could have done. That's just how are you going to tell a kid, no, you, you shouldn't want to go live in Hollywood. You shouldn't want to have access to a beach and have great weather your entire you know year-round. Um, is that the only reason why he's going? I don't know, but that's just kind of what my brain does when an in-state kid, very talented, uh, chooses to go to a school like USC. Now, if it had been Arkansas or Tennessee or Texas A&M or OSU, that's where I'd be like, okay, this coaching staff needs to answer for something. Yeah, well, one, I, I mean, he may have some buzz to USC. I think it's far from a done deal. Oh, yeah, I, I, I get that. There's still a long way to go. Yeah, I, I would anticipate he ends up in an Oklahoma uniform. But I think the bigger issue here is, of honestly, this is going a different direction, different topic here, but I think it's there's something to be said of the two in-state guys that Oklahoma's really prioritized, right? Gentry Williams, Jacob Sexton, offensive lineman from Deer Creek. I think the fact that they got into more recruiting a recruiting battle against someone else, a um, little weird, you know, because it seemed all unexpected, right? Because it seemed like everything was going good for Gentry. He had just taken a visit to Oklahoma. Um, Jacob Sexton um, has been to Oklahoma multiple times. And the next thing you know, Oklahoma's in a big recruiting battle with someone. For Sexton, it's obviously Texas. Dad's a huge Texas fan. Makes a lot of sense. Gentry and USC make sense because the position coach that's recruiting him is from the Tulsa, Tulsa area, Brady. Um, so there's obviously going to be a lot of you know strings that are going to be pulling him to play for the defensive back coach at USC, um, whatever his name is. But I think it's just, you know, in terms of like someone needs to answer for this, I do think there's a part of it that you look at the two biggest guys that they were going after in-state for this class, and both of them are now, I don't know, head-to-head battles, 50-50, or, you know, just leaning more Oklahoma's direction, you know, than they were two, three weeks ago. I think that that, I don't know, we've talked about, like, management and recruiting for Oklahoma staff, and they get a 10 out of 10 for what happened this weekend with the alumni that were in town for everything that would happen, the buzz that's coming out of the barbecue. Um, it's all great. But there is a little part of me that wonders as if, man, can they – handle things a little bit better like not allow a gentry to ever become a lean to usc or to lose ground or jacob sexton in that same regard because those are two players that can start for you two years from now right and they're not just that birdie they're from the state of oklahoma and you know so with that being said so on gentry let's you know what we know what we're aware of as of today so i reach out some tulsa people um very confident Tulsa I mean I have trusted them for four years um maybe longer than that and Brady knows who I'm talking about here but you know made the comment of Andrew Raymond you basically told me Andrew Raymond Georgia was a smoke screen like he was going to end up going to Oklahoma and the comment back to me was this is more real but let's find out what happens after the weekend and I haven't had anything 
that's changed and, you know, just that it's more real. You know, like, not that it's a smokescreen or not that it's not, but, like, there hasn't been anything definitive out of Tulsa that leads me to believe that Gentry's leaving the state. You know? And when you hear that, like, and then you... And then Steve Wilfong puts a the goat of recruiting. He got fonged. Puts a CB in for him to USC. It does make you think, right? But... I'm going to trust my people in Tulsa. I remember Andrew Rain picking up Georgia stuff as well, um, leading up to a potential decision. Oklahoma's got the official visit in their back pocket for Gentry if they need to use it. I would assume they're go- they're going to during the season at this point. Um, he can make the 11 a.m. kickoff in Nebraska. He certainly can make the 11 a.m. <laughs> kickoff for Nebraska. Is so. Tulsa on East Coast time? We need to know. Well... Are you, uh, are, sure. you, are you asking Dax Hill, Josh Proctor, or I'm Gentry sh- Williams? I'm sure Tulsa would love to be on East Coast time because they like to fancy themselves different. They do. Tulsa Shout is out a, to our Tulsa listeners. I, I like Tulsa. I do. I, I actually enjoy Tulsa as well. Uh, um, but like I said, Val- I, I Valkyrie is my favorite bar. <laughs> I, I will say, like, Gentry, I'm, just, I'm not sold on the USC stuff yet. And I know that's come from, you know, you can even give, you know, Josh McQuiston over at Soonerscrew.com. Um, he did obviously one of the best reporters guy that you know i hang my hat on more than anybody um you know he he feels the same way so you know with that being said like usually and brady we talk about this all the time like if something gets to me usually like it's pretty not common knowledge but it's knowledge to the people that matter nothing's come to me that us usc is gonna land Andrew williams and until that happens from the people that i talk to up in the 918 to the beautiful people of Tulsa and the greater Tulsa metro. Um, until that happens, I'm going to be a little patient. I, I think Oklahoma will end up winning this one, just like what happens when Jacob Sexton visits Oklahoma on Monday and then I hear from the Texas side of, oh, they're not as confident today on Tuesday as they were yesterday. Oh, no. It's weird how that happens. You get a little miscommunication recruiting. You get that communication figured out and things are smooth. I mean, if you, use, if you literally use all gas and never apply your brakes, you're going to run into something. Like that's uh, a fact, unless you're on a continuous loop, like in a hamster wheel. You know, you know, just something to think about. <laughs> I had no comment. I didn't know where to go from there. <laughs> think about they. People need Gen Zers in their office. Like I don't know about that hashtag, man. That can be easily made fun of. There's a smart ass who doesn't know you podcast named Brady. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, I I don't I don't doubt you being able to make something out of nothing. Or nothing out of something. Yeah, I'm basically just Seinfeld. <laughs> it's awesome. That's why we love you, Brady. Oh, no, no, no. So, recruiting, anything else before we get on to another topic, Keegan? Because you know how much recruiting gets my it gets me so excited. I mean, you have Lincoln's tweet today, which we'll yeah. can, we'll configure we'll figure out what that's about, and then he got this he got the sublime tattoo removed. He d- off of his belly. Off his belly. Yeah. Isn't it funny? He posted a picture shirtless like two weeks after that all went down. Um, I uh, I wish he was holding the fish over his stomach. <laughs> Move the fish. What's going on? <laughs> um, no, I don't have much of other recruiting stuff. I will say, like, you look at what the work that they did in 2023, Brandon Ennis, um, DeAndre Moore, the receiver from Nevada, Makai Lemon, the you know teammate of Malachi Nelson, um, as well as Jalen Hale. Um, did you know lemon is an Arab word? No, I did not. No, it is. It doesn't sound like an Arab word. 
Just, you know, you learn something new every day. I learn every day. I learn something new. Like Rick Carlisle coached with the Pacers It today. wasn't native to the continent of Europe. It was imported by uh, Muslim traders, Arab traders. What do you know? Mm. Do you have any fun facts, Keegan? Never do. It takes you 30 minutes to get here. Davis has a fun fact. What is it? Uh, the Nationals just tweeted this, but it's hilarious. The uh, uh, Kyle Schwerber has more game-tying threes in Philly than Ben Simmons does this year. <laughs> oh, he does. No. He does. I saw that tweet, too. Can't leave Ben alone. He's had. We've had our fun. But the work in the 2023 class, you have JV on Toviano, the corner from DFW. You have the defensive lineman Lebius Overton as well as defensive tackle Jordan Renault. Isn't was in town last weekend, um, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I I think the work they did in twenty twenty three this is an every year thing but really 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 good job I mean the seeds that they planted for the future are gonna pay off completely yeah you can you know look in the twenty twenty two class you have you know Austin Jordan the DB from Denton Ryan was in town Kenyatta Jackson um, the star defensive end rush kind of rush backer out of Florida Derek Moore. Uh, you know, just a highlight of some names there, and I'm I'm obviously missing more, but a very very successful weekend. You can't. That's you, the are only. Are you okay? Yeah, no, I was, took a deep breath there. I um, thought you just had a heart attack. <laughs> no, I I think that again, it was just a very successful weekend, and everybody's heard people talk about the barbecue so far. Um, the alumni in town, man, we're just you can't. It was going to be a successful weekend no matter what. Where's Baker Mayfield at? <laughs> Blame his, uh, blame his brother for not caring about Oklahoma football. I don't mean to f- throw a fellow franchisee under the bus, uh, but this this was a topic earlier today. of like, who, who's the more popular Sooner basketball player? Has it, has, it, has it been Trey Young? Has it been Blake Griffin over his career? And while Trey Young is certainly the exciting player right now because he's in the Eastern Conference Finals and Blake's team has been eliminated and Blake hasn't really been, you know, Blake Griffin in about – four years you know at one point he was a top three player in the league in terms of MVP voting it was certainly in that conversation a lot of for a lot of his prime of like yeah he could very well win the MVP if he keeps this up he'd just unfortunately get hurt uh but Dylan Buckingham shout out Dylan Buckingham uh, KFOR sports anchor like extraordinaire he I, I think was the only one who th- who said Trey is has the better OU legacy or e- like including his professional career, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> no. And his reasoning was, there are some people that are a little annoyed that Blake hasn't really come back to OU as frequently as OU would possibly want uh, to be around the program. Uh, now Blake did uh, donate a ton of money for the uh, uh, training facility right next to the Lloyd Noble, and when that thing opened, I got to tour it, and it is, it is some high quality i mean there have been nba teams that have practiced there once they've come to town to play the thunder so it's it's that good um i i just look blake played in la he plays in brooklyn now if he wants to stay in those markets because like look it's la and it's brooklyn and not want to come back to oklahoma like i don't blame him that has little to do with like an ou legacy but um in terms of that question i think it has to be blake i mean blake was obviously here longer and he had more success at OU, got OU to an Elite Eight and was the closest team that year to beating North Carolina, and they still lost by 12 because mm-hmm. uh, that North Carolina team was good. Uh, but, yes, did Blake Griffin kind of 
sour a lot of OU fans in his professional career because he played for the Clippers, who were kind of in the way of the Thunder, and the Clippers were like the complaining team, and Blake would always complain about calls. Sure, but I was always able to remove my, like, at the time, Thunder fandom from my OU fandom and still love Blake Griffin and still get annoyed when the Thunder were playing them. And then as soon as that game was over, I went back to loving Blake Griffin. Like, it was very easy for me. So, um, with that being said, like, Trey Young's OU career was very short. They got up to the top five and they collapsed. And he was a big part of that. He was clearly the best player on the floor, best player on the team. And uh, then he went to the NBA. And I always, like, I would tell you, that's what I was excited for. I just want him to go to the NBA and become an all-star because that's going to be great for OU, and it's important that OU keeps that relationship positive with Trey Young because you want him to come back. And Trey's still, you know, hypes up Oklahoma, still hypes up Boomer Sooner and all that stuff. Whenever OU's playing football, he's all Twitter fingers all over the place. So you enjoy that. Um, but I, I just thought that was an interesting little topic, and I was shocked that somebody thought Trey Young beats Blake Griffin here, uh, mainly just because of, I guess, current day so i guess recency bias i understand that but i'm just like i mean blake was a better sooner i'm sorry well blake didn't grow up in the social media era either also true um so i mean trey was such a big phenomenon in college and then went off to the nba and was an even bigger phenomenon i mean i would say trey's a i don't know i don't think bigger deal is the better way to put that not yet but he's much like i wouldn't say important sooner yet but he's going to be he's going to be the better one i mean he Trey? yeah i mean there's no doubt in my mind i mean point guard in today's game it's it's there's an easier path for him to get there than blake as a athletic power forward sure yeah i i would say this too um you know you talked about kind of the way and I, i've said this before anytime i've talked with trey about trey yeah, I mean, the you know locker room environment was toxic in, in Norman, and he had a lot to play with that. I thought I think the coolest thing that's happened you know, since we've recorded last Thursday, one, he played one of the more worst games that he's played in his NBA career, and they won, but it didn't stop him from you know trying to pass, not make plays, make plays and do those things. Not pull a James Harden and check himself out because, uh, well, I don't want to look bad. Sure, yeah, and... You know, as well as then he comes back and not just having the 48, 11, and 7 he had last night, but that John Collins was his Robin, right, last night. And that off the backboard alley oop was just stupid, man. Yeah. That, well, the shimmy is. Th- that That is a play that. Have you seen that Patrick Ewing, head coach Patrick Ewing clip of him, like, telling a player during a timeout, like, what was that shot? Have you practiced that shot? <laughs> Do you practice that shot? Why did you make? Th- why did you take that shot? That that is a play that should have been memed like that, but they made it work. Oh, for sure. And then you look at like that. John Collins was the the kind of the, the lone guy in the locker room that was calling Trey out at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And again, as we know, kind of the talk that you know how Trey can be, and the fact that in you know the most pivotal game of his career, he played awful outside of the last you know final two to three four minutes, and his team won. Um, and then turn around last night, and he played really well. And the guy that basically, if him and John Collins didn't play well, they would have got beat. And Trey's growing up, man. And you know, I think there's a lot of people that were like me um, that saw that and were worried, kind of, you know, how the media toll would take on him at that level. 
um, the teammate kind of aspect of it would take on him at that level. But he's growing up, man, and he's maturing, and he's really fun. Like, I've never sat here and, like, hate rooted against Trey Young. Like, it's not never been like that. Um, I've seen your dartboard. <laughs> His picture's been on there. No, I know. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's never been like that. I just don't know. I did, for me, it was always about, like, I thought that he would be the reason he never reached his own ceiling, right? Sure. And And we're sitting at a point now where it's hard to see that being a reality. Um, he's turning into a superstar each and every night. Um, last night was, you know, icing on the cake, whether they win the rest of this series or not. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it was it's a cherry on top from here on out. Like, yeah, I mean, for it sure. was like they could get gentlemen swept, and it's still an incredible run, and it's still an incredible season, and an, a gigantic announcement that Trey Young's a superstar. Yeah, and, and, he, pulled and a, just, he pulled a shimmy on Drew Holiday, man, and knocked it down. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, and again. He deserves all the credit. And if he wants to talk shit, let him talk shit. He should. He is the villain. And he's embraced it. It's awesome. I mean, there's no there's not a part of this Trey Young story over the last two months, Brady, that is not fun and enjoyable. It's just not, man. And it's it's just uh it's it's obviously one of those things where um he's proven me and he's proven a lot of people wrong up to this point. Um, and he, he has every right to talk about it if he wants. I don't care. I mean, I don't, I don't, again, I don't sit and hate watch Trey Young. It's, I don't know how you do. Like, I never understand that. Like, if, just to make your point, right? Like, to see a guy and want to see him fail just to make your point better. Like, get out of here with that crap. I've, I've, I don't think I've been that way. I mean, I want to see Steve Sarkeesian fail. Well, sure, but you're also, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. People understand what I'm saying. Like, I, 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 I don't, from my perspective, I just could never do it. And I know there's people in my industry that would, um, but I, I just, I can't do it, man. And it's so much fun. Like, how can you watch that last night and not have fun and enjoy it? Well, you're a Milwaukee fan, if that's the case. Sure. Yeah. Or you're a degenerate gambler and uh, you had money on the Bucks. Those are the only also, two people. Also true. Only two people. Uh, you got the Hawks in this series or you're – I'm – I like where I'm at with the Hawks because I didn't pick them in the second round, even though I wanted to, and I haven't I haven't picked them yet, even though the game's already been played. Um, but if you put a gun to my head before yesterday, I would not have picked the Hawks, even though I would want to, if that makes sense. Sure. So I like where I am with them because I want to see Trey Young in the finals. Uh, but have you made your decision either way on this series at all, or no? I mean, again, we've talked about this. Like, analytically, you look at it. Basically, if Trey hasn't played the way he has this entire postseason, like, the Hawks wouldn't be around. <laughs> and, you know, in terms of, like, what would it be for, you know, my prediction on the series, I mean, I have to trust, as you know me, I, I do trust the numbers very often. I mean, a lot. And it points to Milwaukee, you know, being able to handle this comfortably still. So I'll, I'll stick with that. Don't worry. Chris Middleton will save the day. Like he always does. He saves Giannis from missing five layups at the rim. The NBA seriously needs to think about a shot clock on fucking free throws, man. <laughs> it's in, it's ridiculous. One, two. I know they have it. I like I, they just literally need one counting down. It's like hurry up, dude. Like we, I've got a shower. We've all got jobs. Let's go home now. But no, Giannis has to like practice a free throw practice dribble them then get the ball then dribble it six times very slowly and then look at the rim and then bend his knees and then shoot 
Yikes. Keegan, any final thoughts? I got nothing, man. I'm uh, I'm just hoping the Cardinals figure it out. It's hurting me. How many more games do they have? Like 1,000? 80. Oh. 85, I think. Oh, my God. Well, What's wrong with the, the good thing is they'll finish that in 20 days, right? They will, yes. <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> I'm surrounded by baseball fans, I just realized. You are. Oh, God. Uh, Vanessa House, always taking good care of us, having a lot of fun inside in the air conditioning uh, with Bingo Bago Songo. It's emo night. Next week, I can't remember. I, I asked Boone what it was, and I cannot not remember what next week's theme will be. Uh, who knows? It might be like douchebag rock, like Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock and stuff like that, and everybody can have fun. Uh, but always come to Vanessa House for your beer pleasure, your local beer in Oklahoma City pleasure. Uh, fun tap room, fun vibe, two TVs, put any game on you want, put any movie you uh, you want on. We've even got a VHS player. So if you want, when I barked in this weekend, I'm watching Terminator 2. So uh, come out to the bar. I'll give you some beer. We'll have some fun with it. Uh, but shout out to Davis Dungleberger for uh, showing up, having a good time. Yep. Um, always a fun follow. Davis, what's the, what's the handle again? At SoonerFan432. Follow Davis. Do yourself a favor and do so. And if you are not, if you don't do that, then you're just one of the meanest people on earth. Probably. Yeah, I would agree. With all due respect, of course. Uh, but thank you, Keegan. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, as always, truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I am going to be a, a little bit busier next week. I'm doing the morning show from Monday to Thursday, and that's going to kill my sleep schedule. Um, so, you know, tune in to 107.7 The Franchise in the morning if you want to. I'll be on there with Jerry Ramsey, but we will have Through the Keyhole on Tuesday, this time on Tuesday, next week, and then we will return to Vanessa House next Thursday, like we are, as always are. But everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Inside OU Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you later.